Anyway, I have been um, uh, thinking of, Lord, what do you want me to share with, um, uh, with your body, with your bride, um, as the, uh, the first sermon of the new year? By the way, Happy New Year to everyone. So glad to see you all. And um, a scripture that's very popular um, um, has come to, dropped into my heart by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to share that this morning with you. Uh, if you turn your Bibles to um, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, I think probably all of you will be able to recite that by heart. Uh, but, you know, um, this is actually, they say, it's the fifth most popular scripture that you find on social media. Everyone likes to, mind you, I don't know for how much longer that will be. Uh, but um, uh, that is, right now, as of now, the fifth most popular scripture uh, on social media. And uh, it's a scripture I think that we all know quite well. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I mean, that's easier said than done, right? I mean, it's a great scripture. We love to quote it. I mean, it's so popular, but one thing is to say it. Another thing is to do it. In fact, I think that... Um, um, you know, when, when you head in a new direction and you're not really, you don't know where you're going, right? You want to rely on, you know, uh, on, a, on a GPS, you know, the global positioning system, as they call it. <clears throat> or nowadays, you just turn on your, your, your apps on your phone. You, know, you have maps from Google. You have maps from Apple. You have Waze. You have all of these various applications apps on your phone that will actually help you to get to where you have to go. Now, back in the day, we used to print those maps. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's incredible. I, I remember when, uh, I don't know how many years ago, when we still lived in Canada and all the kids were young and, and, uh, and we thought, how are we going to do this trip? But we traveled from Montreal. At the time, we lived in Montreal, Canada. We traveled all the way down to Florida on vacation wow. on our little, you know, minivan with three kids in the back, and maps, printed maps, guys. I mean, my navigator right there, she did a great job. We actually got there. It's incredible. And we played probably those, uh, you know, Maranatha kids tapes from, I don't know, maybe. I think it took us something like 14 and a half hours to get there. We stopped somewhere in the middle in Virginia, but uh, it was quite the trip. Right, you know, um, you know that's, that's what you do today. You, when you don't know where you're going, you want to orientate yourself and, and kind of like get an idea of where you're going, you use these uh, tools that we have at our disposal. In fact, you know, before we actually got all of these, you know, applications on our phones, we, and, and, and in between, between the apps and, and the maps, we actually had those, you know, tom-toms and, and the Garmin, you know, I mean, those were cool. Not really. Uh, always got lost or lost the signal in, in mountainous areas. But anyway, you know, years ago, we, uh, it's a true story. 
uh, we were going to uh, a pastoral conference with um, a couple of evangelist friends from Montreal when we were pastoring in Montreal, and um, and um, and another a fourth person bank manager, and so we're driving and we took the 401 across Canada, uh, which takes you into Michigan and. And we were going through Detroit and then trying to get somewhere in, in Ohio and uh, in, in Cleveland. <clears throat> That's where the conference was. And we got lost. I mean, the maps didn't work. And you have four men in the car, okay? Like, is anybody going to ask for direction? Eh, unlike. Uh, and so we kind of like, we thought, hey, well, you know what, guys, we got we to gotta stop. We were like literally in Detroit. We didn't know where we were. So we took the first exit that we thought of. You know? <laughs> this is when you don't have clear directions of where you're going, what happens. We, we took that first exit, and we got lost in Detroit. And we kind of like got into a neighborhood that, let's just say, was a little rough of a neighborhood. And when we heard gunshots, that's when the bank manager, he ducked and he was like, oh my gosh, he almost started crying. I'm like, okay, brother, don't worry about it. We're going to make it out of here. <laughs> you know, that is when you go somewhere without knowing, not knowing where you're going. You get into areas that you're not so sure about. And so I think that that is in so many ways what happens to us. In fact, you know, we're starting a new year this year. And in, in so many ways, it feels like we really are headed in the new direction, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and for so many of us, maybe we don't even know where we're headed, where we're going, but it is something that we know that we're going somewhere. And so Proverbs 5, sorry, 3, 5, and 6 reminds us that we need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts in every area and in everything wherever we go and not lean on our own understanding to acknowledge Him and He will make our path straight. So there are uh, three things, three or four things that I want to mention out of this scripture that, that hopefully will speak to our hearts and to your heart today as well. Uh, first of all, we need to check our trust meter. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, as believers, we're supposed to trust in God, right? Would you say that that is what believers should do? We trust in the Lord. And we trust in God in the journey of life. We don't know where we're going. And so we trust in God because we need His help. But let's just say that when things don't really go as planned, when, and in fact, things many times don't go, as we planned, right? If we're honest, we probably would do, there's, there will be a lot of redo. There will be a lot of replanning. There will be a lot of, uh, you know what, well, let's scratch this idea and begin again. Because when we fail, right, in the direction that we're going, we kind of question ourselves and we ask ourselves, what just happened? Now, when it comes to trusting God and trusting the Lord with all our hearts, I think the first thing that we need to start with is this premise. We must start with the premise that says that God is a loving God and he is a trustful, reliable, reliable father. Amen. That's the first thing that we got to think of. He is a reliable father. He's a loving father. He is unlike perhaps some of our natural fathers. I don't know about what your experience was growing up with your dad, if he was supported of you, if he uh, loved you, if he demonstrated his love towards you, I want you to know that if he didn't, 
God is not the same as your father, as your earthly father. He loves you. He cares for you. He is a reliable and trusting God. Trusting God. Also, God is unlike our fair-weather friends, isn't he? There are friends that will always be around you when the sun is shining, when things are going perfectly. I mean, hey, who wouldn't want to be part of something that everyone is adulating and saying, wow, this is amazing, right? Like, I want to be part of that because it's just so awesome. I want to be part of your life. You're so successful. I mean, you're doing so good. Let me be part of what you are doing. And you know what? That is not how God is. God is not like that. He is not a God who just shows up when things go well. And that is why for each and every one of us, we need to check our trust meter to make sure that we actually know. Is it high? Is our trust meter high? Is it low? Are we in the red or are we in the way, way, way white? I mean, I, you know, I found this trust meter. I mean, I didn't know there was a trust meter that actually existed. But there is a trust, no, I'm just kidding. There is a trust meter. And where is your trust? Are you a two or are you a, you know, a zero? I don't know why it says 1.0. You're going like way below there. 0.20, I mean, uh, yeah. That's kind of of a weird number. Uh, It should should be, I think, 0.10. I don't know, what is that? 0.01. I'm not very good at math. You know the beauty about this scripture? You look at verse 1. I, I love this. Verse 1 talks about, it says, My son, don't forget my teaching. You see that? How beautiful. God is not like a, uh, a, uh, a ruler in heaven trying to punish us if we don't have enough trust or if, you know, if we're doing good, he just gives us a pat on the shoulder. What is actually entering into a relationship with each and every one of us. What he's saying is, hey, son, don't forget my teaching. He wants us to enter into a relationship. So what is trust? Let's talk a little bit about that. Trust defined is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or the strength of someone or something. So you trust in that person because they are reliable, they're truthful, they're able, they have power, they have ability, they have strength. And it's, it could be a someone, an individual that you trust, or it could be a something that is trustworthy, right? Now, um, there's a, in the Hebrew, uh, this uh, definition is actually, uh, I absolutely love the words of this. In the Hebrew, the actual definition of the word trust in that scripture means to have confidence, to be bold, to be secure in, to feel safe, and check this, to be careless. That is, that's an incredible, incredible revelation. Because you know what? Being careless with God is something that I think that we probably have not yet gotten to that place. I know that there are things in my life that I kind of like, when I, when I uh, try to go towards it, I kind of stop and say, 
am I really going to take this step forward? I mean, is, really, is that really what God wants me to do? Being careless is both a childlike attitude, right? Because you're, you're just careless. Kids are just careless. They don't, they don't think. That's why Jesus said that we need to become like little children. But it's also taking a chance. Now, when my kids were young, they used to, you know, jump in our arms, in my arms. I, I would just take them and throw them up in the air, and they would just smile and, like, be okay, you know? And, um, and I, I love that picture of the little girl. She's got, like, that childlike excitement. She knows, like, I'm going to jump into your arms, Daddy. She's, like, excited, but, you know, there's a little bit of, like, concern, but she doesn't care because she trusts her daddy is going to catch her. That's a childlike, careless attitude. That you know that God is going to be there. He's going to catch you no matter what. No matter what. Now, have you found God to be reliable in your life? Do you trust Him? His ability, His strength? Are you comfortable with doing what He says because... He is trustworthy and reliable. Do you have that level of confidence in God? Are you bold and secure in the Father? Do you feel safe to that point of being careless, both like a childlike kind of simplicity and yet taking chances? Because you know what? The Christian faith without taking a chance, it just doesn't require any faith at all. That's why we trust God. Faith brings us to trust, and trust allows us to have more faith. I think they're connected. Now, the opposite of trust is doubt. And another word, skepticism. Skepticism. Think about that for a moment. When you're skeptical of something, you don't trust. When you're skeptical of somebody, you don't trust. And skepticism is something that will actually destroy our trust in the Lord. Now, why is it that we doubt? That we doubt? Why are we skeptical? I, I would have to ask the question, what, what voices are we listening to? What are the voices that are screaming the loudest in your ears? Who are the people around you? Now, if people around you are speaking doubt and skepticism, if they're not speaking trust and faith, I would, you know what? Some people got to go. Some people got to go. I cannot have people around me that do not speak the life of God around me. I cannot have people, if I want to grow in my trust in the Lord, if I want to grow in my faith in God, there are some connections, there are some relationships that have to go. Now, somebody said, you don't need naysayers when it comes to trust and faith. You need faith-sayers. Faith-sayers. And so I would say find yourself some friends and some connections, people around you that actually speak the language of God. Yeah. That speak the language. What, what language does God speak? Yeah. God will lift you up. Yes. 
God will strengthen you and encourage you to grow in his ways. God will speak faith and trust in you so that you can trust the Father, right? He will give you courage so that you can trust him. He will allow opportunities to take place so that you can actually see his hand at work in your life. Trust him. Trust him. We don't need naysayers. We need faith sayers. Skepticism and doubt will draw us away from trusting the heart of the Father. And that is exactly the scheme of the adversary, the devil. His goal, his plan is to get us to walk away from God's love, from his care for us, from God's love and embrace of us. He wants us to get us away from that principle of knowing God as a father and just knowing God and just kind of like knowing him through the scriptures, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that read and understand the word, probably can recite verses better than I can. But where is that relationship and that intimacy? To trust means to surrender. And when it comes to surrender, guys, we don't really get to choose what we surrender in and not. God is looking, trust in the Lord with all your what? All your heart. All. All your heart. That means that we open up the heart. That is a difficult thing to do. Many times that is one of the hardest things to do in our Christian walk with the Lord. Because when we open up our hearts to God, we become completely vulnerable to him coming in and pointing things that sometimes are hard for us to actually see and change. And so when he says, trust the Lord with all your heart, that means all the areas of our lives. We can't be selective with God. We can't choose what to trust him for and what not to trust him for. If he is not the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all. He wants to be the Lord of all, all. All the aspects of our lives. He wants to get into our hearts and look at all the chambers, all the rooms, all the areas that, that are inside of us. And he wants to be that father that guides us and leads us. You know, when the path is not clear, when the destination is taking us through twists and turns, and we don't know where to go, we need to learn to put our trust in God. In God who knows best, who loves us unconditionally, and knows where to take us. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for, for welfare. Or as the NIV says, plans to prosper you. And not to harm you, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. That is our God. That is our God. Look at the person next to you and tell them, that is your God. That is our God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So we got to check our trust meter. Secondly, trusting in just our wisdom is like believing a lie. Because it says, and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. Now, how many of you know this song? Lean on me. 
when you're not strong. Come on, sing it with me. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Oh, it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lead. Oh, that doesn't that feel good? Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a, it's a good song. It's a make me feel song, right? Yep. Bill Withers was great singer. 1972. How many of you know what the album of that, that song comes from? Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I almost got you. I got you there. Well, the, the, the album of that song was, was in was Still Bill, just so you know. So now you know something new. But you know what? <clears throat> That's a great song. But I'm here to tell you that trusting God is not the same as leaning on a person. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, lean on me when you're not strong. He's talking about an individual, right? Trusting God is way more than that. Yeah. Trusting in people, it will give you a certain level of comfort. It'll make you feel good. You know, there'll be some individuals that can help you out when things are rough, but you know what? There's more than that. There's a God who wants a little bit more than that. And there's another song. You may not know this one here. It was written by this woman called Alicia Hoffman in 1887. How many of you were around in 1887? <laughs> oh, none of us. Okay. You know what? That song goes like this. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. How many of you know it? Leaning on the everlasting arms. Yeah, I see some young people singing it. That's a good thing. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. That, wow, what a difference. You're not just leaning on a friend. You're leaning on everlasting arms. There was something that Elisha, Elisha Hoffman, I'm sure, experienced in her life that caused her to write that song of trusting in the everlasting arms of God. Solomon, who's the wisest man to ever live on earth, said, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your wisdom. Don't lean on your own opinions. Don't lean on your expertise. Don't try to figure things out on your own because it's just not going to work. When we lean on our own understanding, what we are saying, guys, is that the created being knows better than the creator. I want to say that again. When we trust in our own understanding, what we are saying is that the created being us, you and me, knows better than the Creator. Because the Creator is saying, <clears throat> trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Isaiah 55 and verse, verse 8 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And that's why believing in our own wisdom is like believing a lie. Because our thoughts are not the same as God's thoughts. 
And our ways are not the same as God's ways, declares the Lord. We are worlds apart. The way that we see things is not the way that God sees things. And the way that God sees things is not the way that we see things. We give up and surrender so quickly when the evidence around us seems to be adverse to what we want. God instead says, hey, you know what? You want that? Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep having that faith in me. Do not give up. Don't let go. Keep trusting me. We give up a little easy at times. You know, both Proverbs 14 and 12 and 16 and 25, Proverbs 16 and 25, for those of you who might be taking some notes, says this, that there's a way that seems right to man. There's a way that seems right to man. Right? It appears to be the right way. It appears what God wants us to do. But the ways of that way, right? The ways lead to death. So it may seem like you're, in, you, you know, you're going in the direction that you feel is the right way to go. It, you may have some evidence around you that makes you feel. You may have some people that may be leaning on you, making you feel good about it. But you know what? It says here clearly that the end leads to death. It's smoke and mirrors. It's not real. The end leads to death. Now, it may not be physical death, but it may be perhaps death of your dreams. Could it be death of your aspirations, of your goals, of your desires? Could it be that at times we embark ourselves in a way, in a road, on a, on a uh, uh, destination that actually will lead to the death of our dreams, of our goals, and of our aspirations. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7 says, just a couple of verses down from our text, says, don't be wise in your own eyes. What does that mean? Now, the NLT, the New Living Translation says it this way, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Mic drop, go home. <laughs> I have another translation. It's the DCT translation. That's a David Coletta translation. <laughs> it says this, don't think you know it all. Don't think you're so smart, because you ain't. That's a DCT. We think that we are so clever. We think that we got things figured out. We think at times that like all of our plans is kind of like playing a game of chess. And we're moving all of the components of the game. You know, I don't know, you know, the rook and queen and the king and all the others. The little horsey and whatever. We think that we're headed in the right direction. We may have evidence around us, again, that, to that sensation that, like, you know what, 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 I'm going in the right direction. That's where God wants me to go. But think again and look again and trust God rather than yourself. We need to make a conscious decision not to lean 
on our own selves and our own resources. And I, you know what, I will say that many of us are, you know, we're clever, we're smart. We're smart individuals. We're created in the image of God. God has given us abilities and plenty of resources in order to succeed. But you know what? There's something that we can do with our resources. We can either take them and have God use them so that we can trust in the Lord to steer us and bring us to that destination. Or we can do it all on our own. And I think that doing it all on our own is not the way. Proverbs 21 and 31 says this. The horse is made ready for battle, for the day of battle. But the victory belongs to the Lord. What does that, what does that say? What is this verse saying? The horse, think of yourself as the horse being ready for battle, right? We are made ready for battle. In other words, we have resources. We have abilities. We have strength. We can actually go into battle because God has given us what we need to get there. But victory belongs to the Lord. And so if we're actually thinking that all of our strategy from beginning to end will take us to victory, that is where we are wrong. Because at some point, we need to just say, God, here I am. I have all of the abilities that you have given me. I have strength. I have strategy. I have all this stuff. But I cannot actually get there unless you take me there. And so we trust the Lord and to get us there. The third thing about this verse is that reliance, we need to rely on God for guidance. Reliance on God for guidance. It says, uh, in all your ways acknowledge Him. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Now, we need to come to a place of relying on God to guide us, to listen to only His voice. Now, when we put the GPS or the, you know, the, the Apple, Google app, whatever, you have to listen to the directions in order to get there. Now, that's one of those things that um, it's a little bit of a bone of contention between Lois and I because I don't like to have the voice because I think it just it bothers me. I'm listening to music, and all of a sudden I hear, take a right turn, right, at the next... I'm like, no, I'm, I was just listening to that. I was just singing along, and all of a sudden you have, you know, Siri comes up and, and just messes up with your song. And you know what? The truth of the matter is that I have missed quite a few turns. <laughs> I'm like, I'm making a U-turn, and she's looking at me. She's like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> missed that one. Sorry. Oops. You know, we need to learn to actually listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. Yes. That's yes. the point, right? We need to rely on God for guidance. Because we do that all the time. We turn off the guidance system that he gave us. We turn off the voice. We don't want to hear it some days. It's like, ah, you know what? I want to do my thing. Don't bother me. And God is saying, no, you got to listen to me. Jesus told his disciples, when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And listen to this in John 16, 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he hears, he will speak. And he will declare, and that's, you know, for some reason I had never seen that before. But it says he will declare to you the things that have happened, right? No. No. He will declare to you the things that are to come. 
In other words, it will show you the future if you trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He will actually take you to a place where you will see that God is going to direct your path. He will just take you to where you need to go when you listen to his voice. He sees ahead and he knows what's coming. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him. That word acknowledge in, in the Hebrew is a root word of we, from what we take, uh, which is yada. The yada is the root of that word. And yada is basically the word knowledge or knowledge coming from describing an intimate relationship between a man and a woman. So think about that for a moment. That in all your ways, yada him. Think of it in that way. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, have that intimate connection with God so that you know where you're going. In all your ways, God's purpose is to reveal his plan to his children. He is not playing hide and seek with us. He is not trying to keep his secrets away from us. He wants to reveal to us where he wants us to go. Psalm 103 verse 7 says this. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. Now you read a verse like that and you say, okay, that's great. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. Okay, so what? Well, you have to look at what lies beneath the surface here, right? When you tell somebody your ways, when you're actually revealing to that person that you trust, your ways, your heart, perhaps. You're revealing, there's, there's an intimate connection there, right? You're revealing. So Moses got to hear the voice of God and understand the heart of God. Where the people only saw the signs. People only saw the acts. That's the difference. When God spoke to Moses, he shared his heart directly with him. It's intimacy versus demonstration. That's why Jesus said that no other sign, you were not going to see any other signs, but the sign of my resurrection. Right? You're going to see me raised from the dead, and that's all that really truly matters. Because we look for signs. And God is saying, no, 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 come to me in intimacy. Intimacy versus demonstration. It's faith versus sight. We want to see, see, we want to know, we want to touch. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Have faith in me. Trust me. Because I know. I know good. I know I have plans for you. And those plans are good and to make you prosper. So that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to yada him. To enter in a relationship with him. Intimacy of knowing where he wants us to go. Finally, verse 6 the last part of verse 6 says that God wants to make our paths straight. He will make straight, straight your paths. Now, let's be honest. When things are going well, none of us would ever think of changing anything, right? I mean, things are going great. Why change? Do not disrupt something that's going great. Smooth sailing. What we hopefully all desire is that 
each one of us would actually stay on the straight path, right? We all want to continue on the right path. We don't want to be veered off. Now, I, in my life as a believer, I've veered off a number of times. And just as I said, straight paths are paths that are guaranteed or granted to those who have an intimate relationship with the Father. Because that's what he's looking for. And if we want to go through straight paths, he wants us to enter into that relationship. Now, when we decide to trust God and to not lean on our wisdom, on our own opinions, and we understand and recognize that intimacy with the Father is more than nice, than something nice to have, but it's a must it's a reality that we absolutely have to have in our lives, guys. He wants us to trust in Him. That is when we will stay on track. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your wisdom. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. Yada Him. Enter into an intimate relationship with Him. And then He will keep us on a straight path. You see, God sets guardrails around our lives to keep us from taking wrong turns. Taking turns that will lead us away from Him. As a runner, I personally, um, I, I love, you know, one of the things that I absolutely do not like to do is to run hills and to run a path that takes turns, constant turns. I just, that's not my thing. I, I mean... You know, I know that those are good for me. <clears throat> you know, I, I know that that helps my stamina. It helps my running, my muscles as I go up the hill. That, uh, you know what? I, I don't like that. You know what I like? I like this. <laughs> Little hills. That's no problem. I like to run on a straight, on a straight You know what Psalm 5, verse 8 says this, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. That was a prayer. But I want to take it the next level, a little deeper. Jeremiah 31, verse 9. You know, the Bible has all the answers. Did you know that? Everything is in the Word. Listen to this verse. With weeping they shall come. And with pleas for mercy, I will lead them back. That's God. He's not going to punish us. He's not going to keep us on a crooked, narrow path that is just not leading to where we need to be. I will make them walk by brooks of water. That's refreshing. We need refreshment. God guarantees us refreshment. In a straight path, in which they will not stumble. Listen to these words. For I am a father to Israel. Do you see? Do you sense the heart of God here in the scripture? I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. I'm a father. Can you just like take the word Israel out and put your own name in there and say, I'm a father, he's a father to me. That's what he says. I'm a father to you. And he's our father. And his desire more than anything else is to guide us in a straight path. When Jesus left the earth, he said that he would send the Holy Spirit. 
It will be our internal GPS. Now replace global with God's. It's God's positioning system. The Holy Spirit is what places us to where He wants us to go. But our responsibility is to surrender. It's to give up our rights to be right. It's to give up our rights to think that we know where we need to go. That we know just as good as God knows. I don't think that that's the case. He wants us to trust Him. Regardless of where you are right now. God is calling each and every one of us. And He is saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Would you just close your eyes for a minute? Can you hear him say that today? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Son, daughter, will you trust me? You know, you may not necessarily have to take huge steps or leaps of great things to trust him for, but just little steps, small acts of obedience that will allow you to trust his heart. That's all he's looking for. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you have been struggling with trusting the Lord and you were starting this new year and you're saying, God, I want to trust you more. I don't want to do this my own way. I don't want to follow my strategies and my ability to get me to the next level. I want to trust you for you to take me where I need to go. If that's you, would you just say, yeah, pray for me this morning. Just lift up your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand together?